This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. What's up, addicts? Welcome to the first ever Arrowhead Attic Chiefs postgame show. I'm Patrick Allen. I'm joined by my co-host for the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Matt Verderam. Burger, that was uh, that was stressful. It took a couple years off my life, but the Chiefs found a way to win. What's your initial reaction? I I need a bye week. That's my initial <laughs> reaction already. Already, it, it, look, it was a crazy game. It was a crazy game. You, you, you get down. Chiefs got down early, twenty-two to ten. They, they they couldn't get a stop. They could. It felt like my, my God. They couldn't get them to third down. I mean, it was just it was incredible. Um, but I think with the chiefs, you always feel like they're in the game because they are always in the game. I think the Super Bowl last year is really the lone exception in the history of Mahomes' career. They just, they do not get blown out. They're always around in Cleveland. And we'll get into it. Cleveland made some big mistakes. The chiefs didn't. And the final result is Kansas city going to one and oh, and Cleveland going home on what I have to imagine is a very frustrating plane ride back to Cleveland. Yeah. Tough, tough loss for the Browns. This one stinks probably almost as bad, not quite, but almost as bad as their playoff loss last year. We've got a lot of you guys in the chat on various platforms. Log in, let us know your questions. What's up, Sherlock? What's up, Hunter? Adam, Jonathan? Uh, Yeah, what a game indeed. Patrick Mahomes for the win. But it wasn't just Patrick Mahomes in this one. Boy, there's so much to get to. We're going to give some people a little bit more time to get in here. At what point, I just, as we're talking broad, big picture, Verderam, at what point did you think, oh God, they've got a chance? Because I mean, for a while, I, I never feel like the Chiefs are out of it, but the way the defense was playing, I was like, it, it doesn't matter what we do, we're behind it, they're just not going to be able to stop them. I always felt that a chance. I really did, just because of the offense. You just felt like, well, it, you know, I, I actually at one point said to myself, if they could just cause a turnover, they'll get right back in this game. And the, literally the next play was when Nick Chubb fumbled the ball. So, you know, I will say this. I think when the game turned from me thinking that a chance to me thinking like they actually have a very good chance to find a way to win was the bomb down the field to Hill, the 75-yarder. Because, you know, Cleveland scores. It's 29-20. It's fourth quarter. Now, the Chiefs, of course, have time, and they and the offense they do. But when, when Mahomes hits Hill for that bomb, it electrified the crowd. The crowd's now into it. The, the defense gets a new life. The offense is going – like, I think – 
that was the moment I felt like, all right, now, now for the first time in the game, the pressure's on Cleveland. Like Cleveland yeah. now has to respond. And if you remember, they immediately went three and out and then fumbled a punt, right? Like that was the sequence. So Harold Kuntz, who, who works, does great work at Fox in, in Kansas City, tweeted out a picture of the play-by-play, and he, he took a picture of those five plays. And he's like, here's the game. And Harold's right on. Like those five plays, to me, swung it from they could win the game to they probably will find a way to win the game. It, it was it was incredible the way that Cleveland crumbled. I you know I I didn't see that coming. But we've talked look we've talked about the Browns a lot on the show because they've been they've been lurking around as a as a an upstart contender last year, and obviously the Chiefs played them in the playoffs. And you know a, a thing that we've said about them a lot is you know Cleveland's got to play a certain way. Right. Cleveland, Cleveland wants to run the football. Cleveland wants to run play action. Cleveland wants to be ahead. And what they don't want is to be in situations where Baker Mayfield has to drop back and throw them into the game or throw them into a lead. And a big part of the skepticism, I think, around the Browns this year has been, can Baker take the leap? Right. That's what everyone's saying. If Baker could take the leap, this team stacked on paper. And I, coming out of this game, just speaking about the Browns, I'm not sure if we know the answer to that. Now, look, Baker Mayfield was sensational. He really was. He was fantastic. He was averaging at one point, I think, 13 yards a pass. He was super accurate on target. He made some throws that guys recovered. It didn't matter. He, he, he was incredible. But right towards the end of the game, when all of a sudden, you know, when the Browns weren't in front, when the Browns were able to do, dictate the pace of the game and do what they wanted to do, and they had to drop back because they didn't have time and they had to throw – he just wasn't able to get it done. It was a small sample size, but I don't think there's, I don't think we know what Baker Mayfield is going to be this year after well, this game. I mean, the Chiefs basically didn't touch him for most of the game. Right. You know, let's yeah. be real. I mean, now Chris Jones, you walk out and hey, he had two sacks. So ultimately, he had a very productive game. But uh, yeah, you see the, you see the little tagline Chiefs defense is a dumpster fire come up. Uh, yeah, pretty much. It was for the first portion of the game that, look, I get it. They're missing starters. We'll get into all that. That doesn't excuse what they did in the first half of that game. They, they were abysmal. I don't care who's playing. I mean, yeah. you've got to be better than that. But Jones made a couple of big plays. Um, I, I thought ultimately, you know, I thought the coverage is actually decent for parts of the game. But, you know, a couple of good throws here and there. But in the end, look, I, I walk away from this game saying, I think Cleveland's absolutely legit. Like, you don't play the Chiefs like no that. And and not be a good team. I, and I, I know you could always have a, a you know a team come in and play a weird game that they, they hang in, but th- that wasn't a weird game. Like Cleveland, Cleveland deserved to be in that game. And I'll tell you right now, if you're the Browns, you're walking out of there going, we should have won that game. I mean, we turned the ball over, we did all these things. Yeah. And if you're the Chiefs, you're walking out of there saying, who cares? We won. We know we're the probably the better team, and we didn't play well. And we were missing our you know all pro safety and our Pro Bowl at the end, and we still won. But I think Baker's good. Um, it doesn't change my opinion of him. I think he's a good quarterback. I think I think he's kind of like Derek Carr. When things are going well, he can be really good. When they're not, it can be bad. But I thought you saw at the end of the game the difference, right? Mahomes made unbelievable plays. And Baker, you know, when, when they had to throw and they couldn't just run the ball for eight yards a clip, you know, it didn't work out. Yeah, and let's get into our discussion. Again, this is the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. We're always here. We were here all last year recording this we just weren't doing it live for you guys we wanted to get you involved we built up a great audience for this podcast you guys are awesome you're already hitting us with questions we're going to get to the as many of those as we can i, I there was one question somebody said uh it was um uh canto 
I can't get the name. Don't even uh, try. Just, don't even try. Yeah. How's your heart doing? How's your heart doing? Mine feels like I just ran a marathon. Same. Um, n- normally at this point is when I crack open my Chiefs victory beer. I'm going to wait till after the show for that one because we're not sponsored by a beer yet. Boulevard, your move. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, definitely heart was beating fast. Um, but it's just gotten to the point with this team where I feel like I know that they're, they're, they've got a chance to come through because they've done it so many times. But let's talk about the defense, right? The, the, the defense was, as you were mentioning, an absolute dumpster fire in the, in the first half, especially. I tweeted out after the game a picture of Brody Croyle and a picture of Mahomes, and I said Chiefs defense in the first half versus Chiefs defense in the second half. Right, yeah. And we'll talk about them in the second half and how they stepped up. But in the first half, right, we, we've acknowledged the injuries and the people that are out. No Tyron Matthews, captain of the defense. He's the guy. Uh, you're, you're missing, you're missing uh, Willie Gay. You're missing Frank Clark, but you still have a lot of, like a big conversation early in the, in the preseason was this chief's defensive line is really talented. Didn't look like it today in the first half. I mean, you could have driven a Mack truck through some of those holes. Was it, was it just early season jitters? Like, what do you make no, of they, that early performance? I make of it that they suck. I mean, I, and, and also like, this has got to be, they're linebackers early in this game. I mean, my God. Fill a run gap. Anybody. I get it. Look, that's probably the best offensive line in football. And they and I think Cleveland has the best running backs in football. So I get it. It's a huge test. You, you can't – I mean, that, that early, I think it was 17 yards, that run by Chubb to touchdown, that was embarrassing. I very rarely say this and I actually mean it. I could have run for that. I mean, there was nobody. He wasn't even – forget being touched. There was nobody within 10 yards of him. That, that can't yeah. happen. There were too many plays where the piles getting pushed. Look, in the end, they won the game because as they, as they went on late, they made plays. And with this team, let's face it, with Kansas City, that defense is judged off points, not yards. I don't care how many yards they give up. If they hold teams to field goals, if they force turnovers, they're going to win the game. And they did it. They did it. They forced three turnovers, well, two turnovers plus the one on special teams. Um, and then the big three and out. And I want to get to a, a few questions that kind of tie into this. So I saw Cheeto free cast. Um, you know, this seemed like more issues than just Matthew and Clark. I totally agree. I totally agree. Now, I think I think some of the passing defense issues are solved by those two guys because Clark's the second best pass rusher on the team, and Matthew's a great player. I I think some of those plays were like they were breaking down in coverage, like the deep ball that Thornhill gave up. Like that doesn't happen with Matthew, in my opinion, right? Or far less of a chance it happens. But I actually thought you know they really missed the the athleticism and the speed Willie Gay has. How many times are they beaten to the edge in this game at the second level? I'll tell you what. Yeah. I think you can make a case. The guy who played best in the whole damn game was Bolton. Defense, Nick Bolton wait, was all over. Yeah. Nick Bolton played well. And yeah, look, there were a few times he missed an assignment, but I don't like it's his first game ever. I don't care. You know what I saw in Nick Bolton? A lot of effing athleticism, like getting places. That matters in this defense. They need it desperately. So I would say that. Um, and then, you know, Josh Hill says Matthew didn't even play in the defense all the ball. Yeah, look, I, they won. I mean, at the end of the day, they didn't get any big injuries that we're aware of, and they won. Like if you're if you're the Chiefs, you're walking out of there going, man, we really did not play that well. We still won. That's it's not like there's a lot to work on, but you won the game, and that's the most important thing. What do you think? Again, early season, weird stuff happens in week one. It happens every year. We've talked about it on the podcast. Sometimes when the Chiefs weren't good, I often wanted them to play the Patriots or somebody that was going to be really hard for them to beat. 
later in the season in week one, because sometimes you could sneak up on people. These are obviously two Super Bowl contenders. There's no doubt about it after watching this game. But the, the just the porousness of the defense, do you think there's an, in, that there's a problem that's not going to go away with this unit over the course of the season? Or is it you're, you got a few guys out, you're playing, a, you know, also we got to credit the Browns here. The, the Chiefs yeah. defense was bad. Yeah. They were really bad in the first half. Couldn't stop a nosebleed. But the Browns are really good, and they spent the offseason getting better. And now they're in the second year of their system. Stefanski is obviously a very good head coach. But what is, what is your take? Is this something that is, is going to be a problem all year? I mean, I don't want to be sitting here looking like uh, – like we're back with uh, Dick Vermeil's defense, you know, during that period where the offense was great and they couldn't stop anybody. Cause that's what it felt like to me. I'll put it this way. It's one game. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's just so hard to say, you don't like, and I know Cleveland really had, didn't have much roster turnover offensively. And I, I don't know. You know, I mean like, and here, here's the perspective I'll give because we're all looking at it from a chief's perspective, right? That's just how this thing goes. Everybody, I believe, would say the Packers are a really good team. They got beat 38-3 to today. 38-3. to Jameis threw 20 passes and five touchdowns. Sometimes weird things happen. And my answer, I guess, if I had to choose is I do think there are some issues in terms of they need that secondary pass rush. Jones getting two sacks is great. They got to have somebody else. Now, is that answered by Clark, though? Like, Clark might come back and really answer that question. Um I think they also need more athleticism. Like, I'll tell you right now, and I know we recovered the fumble. They got to stop with Ben Neiman. They just got, it's got to stop. It, it, I, I get it. They, they trust them and all that stuff. He's too damn slow. Like, you just cannot play him. I'm so, it, it's ridiculous. If I was an offensive coordinator, I would try to get him isolated every single play and just go after him. He's a really good special team. He belongs on the roster. He does not belong out there playing 75% of the snaps defensively. And I want to quickly get, Corey O'Donnell, uh, big fan of the show, tweeted us, uh, where do you feel the real significant holes are in defense that can't be addressed with Matthew and Clark coming back? He says he thinks Ward's a big liability. Um, I don't know that I feel Ward's a big liability. I think he's pretty much a standard number two corner in the NFL. And I think, again, if you have Matthew and you can play some of your three safety sets with those three guys, you mitigate that a little bit. My biggest concern, again, is I think at the second level, You've got to be fast. You got to like. I'll be honest. I wouldn't mind seeing Hitchens and Gay out there at the same time as the year goes on. It's all. I, I get it. They might make a mistake. They also might make a huge play because they're fast as hell and they can move. I think that's something that the Chiefs should consider here as we go down the road. Muted. Uh, I think that's what you lose when you take Willie Gay out of the lineup. You lose that athleticism, and then. It works in the Browns' favor, right? Because, again, we said they want things to go a very certain way. They don't want you to know what they're doing. They don't want you to know what kind of situation they're in. And you need a guy like Willie Gay, who's athletic, and also a guy like Tyron Matthew, who is also missing and is also extremely athletic and is also extremely smart, to, to go running through a hole, to blow up a play, to cause an early down problem for the Browns to put them in a, in a position where now they've got to drop back and pass because one guy made a play and knife through. And what we saw, I think, was a lack of playmakers in the middle of the field, with the exception of Juan Thornhill, Thornhill who we'll talk about later. And yep. the Chiefs just weren't getting those plays. And so then the Browns were just able to dictate. They were able to keep, you know, you don't know what they're going to do. And there's so much talent out there for them that it can cause a real problem. And they played pretty much perfect football until 
the fumble. I mean, they were absolutely perfect. And that's what you have to be to beat the Chiefs. And it still didn't work out for them. There's another question. Um, uh, let's let's kind of turn things to, to the offense here. Um, and the first one was, uh, this one comes from Jonathan Wynott. Uh, how worrying is the play? This is as we move into the receiver section to our producer, Richard. How worrying was the play of Robinson and Hardman for the offense? I'm thinking about D-Rob trying to juke a guy for no reason, missing a first down. Hardman running out of bounds before the first down marker on like second down. Yeah, I remember that. What the heck was that? Um, Robinson not flattening out his route. There were a lot of people on Twitter who were like, what Like, what the hell, man? Like, I just, this guy, he just doesn't get it. Like, that should have been a touchdown. He was wide open and he's running deeper into the end zone while his quarterback's under pressure. The, the supporting cast was not there today, which was all a lot of people were predicting. What are you, are you, how concerned are you about these, these, this wide receiver depth? Very, very. And I think that she's, this is to me, I know they scored 33 points. This is the number one concern I have coming out of this game. At some point, everything can't be the Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey have to have 300 yards of offense. It just right. can't, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen every week, as great as they are. And I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. So, just in the, in the passing game, the Chiefs had 27 completions. Ten of them went to players who are not named Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, and one of them went to friggin' Mike Remmers, which is, by the way, if the Chiefs ever run that play again, I'm jumping out a window. That is the dumbest play call I've ever seen in my life. There's yeah. creativity and there's stupidity, and the Chiefs just flew over that line of flying colors. But here's the issue you've got. Edward Zolaire, three catches, 29 yards, which for him is fine, by the way. That's fine for him. Hardman. Three catches, 19 yards. Demarcus Robinson, one catch, nine yards. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm on the phone with, with Houston over Brandon Cooks right now. Right now. I, you yeah. can't, you cannot do this. And by the way, the Hardman thing, while it's unbelievably stupid to run out of bounds, a yard shot, like that's the kind of stuff that costs you playoff games. Just right. inexcusable crap like that. And he'll get chewed out. The enemy, I'm sure, will go nuts over that. But that's not a, like a, a habit he has. Like, I'm not. I think it's a one-off, just a, a bonehead play. I think Demarcus Robinson is a talented player. This is who he is, though. At this point, like this has been Demarcus Robinson for years. And when you talk to people around, not only this Chiefs but the league, one of the knocks on Demarcus Robinson is that, well, you know, if you watch film, it seems like he freelances. Is he running the right route? Is he doing what he's supposed to be doing? I think you, you see Mahomes get frustrated with him at times over it. Like, if, you know, right, if you're watching that CBS telecast, he throws the ball in the end zone. It's incomplete. And he's immediately, like, gesturing to Robson, like, come back, man. Like, come on. And it's just – you don't see Mahomes do that with guys very often. Like, that, Mahomes really does not show guys up. And I remember last year in Vegas when he threw that pick at the end of the first half, it was the same thing. Like, Robinson's supposed yeah. to break one way, breaks another way. He is talented, and he'll have a couple games this year where he's terrific. But it's it's just nonsense with him. Like it's just in the first down thing was another example, or a third down in the red zone. Like, bro, just go forward. You don't need to break this and score a touchdown. Just dive for two yards. It's a first down. But he doesn't. He he dances and he gets tackled. And I think I don't think there's any fix in that. I mean, it's what six year in the league. He kind of is what he is. Yeah. If I can speak in in defense of of you know, the Pringles, the, the D Robs, the Hardmans. <laughs> I mean, Mahomes didn't need them really. I like to be fair to those guys, he was 27 of 36. And as you said, Hill, 11 receptions for 197 yards, Kelsey, six for 76. They were open. 
all yeah, the time. They won't. So, you know what I mean? Like you're not working your way to Hardman and Pringle very often. It's not like, it's not like this was a game where Kelsey was getting shut out or Hill was getting shut out and they were taking them away and other guys didn't step up. I mean, it was just, I think the Browns were just kind of like, yeah, we're just going to back up and like try to not give up the big play. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it. Uh, it's amazing that they didn't try to like really hammer down on like one of the two of them. It's I don't know what it's, they were doing. It's so hard. This is why this is why they're so hard to beat. Because if you're constantly doubling Kelsey, you're probably doing it with a linebacker and a safety. If you're doing that, then it opens up everything where look if you're bracketing him, then then Hill's got single high coverage and he's going to torch you to death. And if you go three safety. Then that opens up a lot of the underneath stuff. They should be able to run the ball against that. There's a lot of things going through. Now, if you, if you double Hill and you're constantly running two deep safeties or a corner on a safety and another corner or another safety over the top to take away Hardman, Kelsey's going to be open. I mean, it's just you, – you can't – the only time I can remember a team trying to really double them throughout the game was in the AFC title game against Tennessee. And the Chiefs killed them anyway. Hill had two touchdowns, walking to like 140 yards, and it just didn't matter. And I think that's where, you know, if you're the Chiefs, you have that. But my concern is what happens if one of those guys, God forbid, misses a month? Then what? Yeah. I mean, there's just nobody. If I'm the Chiefs, I feel good defensively. Listen, they've been a good defense in, in recent past with this group. They're getting guys back. I think they'll be, I think they'll at least be a lot better. Okay. I am concerned, though, offensively, you have to have another option. You imagine Brandon Cooks in this offense? He said he's had a thousand yards five of the last six seasons. His price probably just went up after today. I don't even. I don't even care. Give give them a third and, and a day three. Pick. Who cares? What, what does yeah. it matter? If you're the Chiefs, the third round picks what a hundred. You know, I here it is. Here's your third round pick. We don't care. I, I think if you're the Chiefs, and we know Veach was active by the way, trying to add a receiver. They tried to add Juju Smith Schuster. They they were in on Josh Reynolds. They didn't land either guy. Um, they were aggressive. Like it wasn't a matter of that they didn't think they needed another receiver. And then the draft, they just it ended up falling in such a way they went O-line heavy. And by the way, Humphrey and Smith look great today. Great. Yeah. And let's we've got a question on the O-line. Let's let's get yeah, to let's it. it. Yeah, Josh Miller. Uh thoughts on the O-line for the first game seemed to go pretty darn good. Brown seemed to be taking some heat, but but Mahomes was a, a little hesitant to step up at times. Yeah, you know, to be fair, that's Miles Garrett over there. He's pretty damn good. Right, right. I thought I thought the interior of the line was fantastic. Yeah. I really there was very little pressure at all on Mahomes up the gut. I, I thought he was, I thought he was uh, really protected well by by the trio of Tooney, Humphrey, and, and and Smith. I thought the Yank by and large was pretty good. You know, he gets Clowney the first game. Clowney's I think overrated, but he's a good player. I thought the Yang did a pretty nice job there. Garrett was the one who was a pain in the ass, right? And Brown did get beat a handful of times off the edge. I didn't love that. I thought of all the guys Brown had the weakest game. I also don't think it's a coincidence that he was going against Miles Garrett. Like Miles Garrett is a top three edge rusher in the NFL. So I don't think in the end you're that upset about it. Look, the Chiefs gave up six quarterback hits. A couple of those were pretty late as well. And I'm not, not like penalty late, but like well after he threw the ball. They gave up two sacks. Um I was okay with the Chiefs offensive line. I thought, you know, they, they played a pretty good front. I, I'll tell you what, I was really impressed by Malik McDowell, who was a second round pick and had a, had a yeah. I think it was like an ATV accident for Seattle years ago. It looked like he was going to basically have to retire. He played a hell of a game. Malik really McDowell. Did. He was good, man. Like he was, I would argue, other than, other than Garrett, his best defender they had in the team. Um, 
So they, you know, the Chiefs played a tough front, and, and the Browns brought some pressures and whatnot. I, I thought the Chiefs' offensive line was fine. I did not think the offensive line was an issue in this game. Again, I'd like to see Brown be a little bit better, but I'd also like to see him go against somebody who's not Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good early test for them, and yes, I thought they did. I thought they did pretty. They converted a couple, uh, you know, short yardage running plays, which was a problem for them last year. It wasn't like the Chiefs were running all over the Browns. They definitely weren't, but they weren't really trying to. It's Clyde's first game back. After, you know, after that injury, uh, well, actually he was back in the Super Bowl, but, um, you know, it's going to take some time to get in the swing of things. And frankly, I think that we would have seen a different game plan from the Chiefs on offense if it wasn't for the way that the game started. But again, it, it was just it was exactly what Cleveland wanted. Right. They came out and they got the lead and then the, the Chiefs were in their script. They came away with three, which, by the way, I thought they should have gone for it. there. very surprised that they. Didn't it was very unlike them to not go for it and kick that field goal early. Um, and so I think we'll see them run the ball more as the season goes on. And they did in that one drive, that first drive of the second half, which I thought was really impressive. And, and Romo and Nance talked about it. Just came out, right? Took what the, the, what the defense was giving them. Didn't try to get it all in one play. Had a nice drive, went down and scored. What was your take on the running game? in this contest. I thought they didn't run the ball nearly enough early. And I'm not one of these people who says, well, you got to pound the ball instead of, I, I don't, I don't believe that, but they ran the ball six times in the first half. That's nowhere near enough. And I get it. They weren't playing well defensively. Look, you got plenty of times first half. There's no reason you should be getting away from the running at 12 points in the first half of the game. Um, I thought the, the you know, second half that came out there, I thought there was a concerted effort to run the ball the first drive. And they did. They ran the ball very well in that first drive. And then as time went on, they threw it now. Look, the Chiefs running game is always going to be a compliment to the passing game because it's so great. And, you know, if you have second and six, would you rather pound the ball for four yards or just let Mahomes throw it? Right? That seems like a pretty obvious answer. Um, I thought it was okay. It needs to be better. You know, Edwards Alaire, 14 carries, 43 yards. That's not enough. You got to be better. It's got, it's got to be better. Um, but am I like overly alarmed by it? No, not really. You know, I, we know the way the Chiefs are. They do this. They'll have running games where they don't do anything, and then they'll have another game. They'll rush for two hundred yards, you know, and they'll look. So I, no, I'm not really. I'm not concerned. My again, my biggest concern is right now. It's Kelsey and it's Hill, and it's basically like, oh my god, who the hell else is on this team? Now, those are first world problems to have when you're sitting there going, well, geez, who do we have other than two first ballot level Hall of Fame players who's who are getting the ball thrown to them by a Hall of Fame level quarterback and have a Hall of Fame level coach calling the plays like. You know, I'm sure a lot of teams would take that issue. Uh, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be factored in for sure. All right, let's talk about the fourth quarter now because this is where the game turned for the Chiefs. They were they were keeping it close throughout, but it just seemed like every time, every time the Browns got the ball, it was just like, oh, we got close, but they're just going to go down and score like immediately. Right. You get into the fourth quarter and, and really the whole second half, and we've got to give it like, look, we trashed the defense for the way that they played in the first half, and rightfully so. Second half, they gave up seven points. In the fourth quarter, seven points in the fourth quarter, Chiefs scored 23, and they, they put the clamps down. They got a couple key turnovers. They made things happen. What, what is Before we get full into the fourth quarter, just the second half for the defense for you. I know you said before we got on, you, you still didn't think they played great in the second half, but what do you think it was an adjustment that Spagnolo made? What was it that that sort of turned the tide for them when they were getting walked all over in the first half? 
big plays. And I want to kind of tie this in because a guy on uh, Twitter who I know, Third Mahomes, tweeted and asked us, what adjustment did you see Spags make to improve the defensive performance in the second half? He also asked, are we sure Mahomes is human? Uh, the second <laughs> one's an easy one. No, uh, not, not at all. The first one, I didn't – now, I'd have to go back and actually, like, watch the, the game film. Um, I didn't see any, like, obvious adjustments. So, I, I'm sure that there were some. You know, they really didn't blitz at all throughout the game. I mean, Kansas City did not bring a lot of pressure. They, they, they really, you know, I didn't, I didn't notice any like major personnel changes. I think the biggest thing was they just made big plays, man. Thornhill, put, I, sometimes it's that simple. Like Thornhill put his hat on the ball, forces a fumble. Ben Neiman, who I just finished saying I think should be benched, I think he should be. Like he was right there, he fell on the ball. And it was a heads up play. Mike Hughes, you and I talked about this before we went live. Mike Hughes throughout that game, it's nothing special. You know what? When that ball got thrown to him, and by the way, after the game, Baker said he was trying to throw the ball out of bounds. Obviously, Sorensen gets his foot and takes some of his momentum away. How many times do you see a corner drop that ball? All the no. time. No. All the time. Balls in his hands. I remember, remember that crazy game against the Rams on Monday Night Football. Now it's like iconic. And they would have yeah. won, but Orlando Skandrick has, has oven mitts for hands, and the balls <laughs> went right through his hand. Right? Like, that happens all the time. Mike Hughes made the play. Caught the ball. He didn't try to run with it. Like he just he caught it. He allowed himself to be tackled. It was fine. And then obviously, look, I I, th- I thought the sequence of the game, and I mentioned it earlier. And, and, and like I said, Harold Kunz over at Fox KC does a great job. He tweeted this out. I totally agree with him. The game changing sequence was when they got the big play to Hill for the touchdown, 29 27 Cleveland. And then they three and outed him deep. That was to me the entire game. It flipped yeah. everything, and then all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, and then of course the punt that gets muffed, you know, the, the, not muffed, but fumbled, the snap gets fumbled. Chiefs go in, score a touchdown. At that point, yeah, they could have still lost, but you felt like, all right, now Cleveland's really backed into a corner. Yeah, it was it was really incredible. Let's let's talk about that fourth quarter. The the pass from Mahomes. I mean, look, <laughs> he was he was he was toast. First of all, the throw was, was not human, right? Like normal people cannot make that throw. I don't know how far it was, but he threw all the way across his body and then all the way across the field. You got to give credit to Tyreek Hill on that sequence as well. Cause it was really a prayer. I mean, it, the fact that Mahomes could even make the throw right there, but he knows that he knows that Tyreek Hill is down there one-on-one with, with, with the DB and the Hill's credit DB had his back turned. I don't recall who it was for Cleveland. And he just, he had to sidestep him though to get to the ball. And so Hill was going this way. He steps to the right of the, of the DB who's got his back turned and it drops right in there. I just, it, it reminded me of the play against Baltimore, Mahomes' first year starting. Remember when he threw it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It fourth was desperate nine. time, fourth yeah. and nine. And he just yeah. heaved it. It reminded me a little bit of that. It was like kind of desperate times. He threw it up there. And then again, Hill makes the play. How do teams keep letting these guys do this? It's incredible. But, you know, Mahomes, like I already saw, like Skip Bayless was like, oh, they're so lucky, you know, it's, okay, which I mean, that's Skip Bayless. But um, they're, they're not lucky. Like they they put so much pressure on you. I kind of like in them. There's going to be a weird analogy, so I apologize. But it's kind of like if you watch a baseball team, if you're a fan of baseball, and you have a team that has a lot of speed in its lineup. Right. And, and for by the way, if you're a Kansas City Royals fan, you can certainly appreciate this because this is how you won a couple of World Series. I want some great pitching out of your bullpen. 
when you have guys that get on base that can steal and that are that are given the green light that they will steal you put so much pressure on the defense the catcher's got to be ready to jump up out of his crouch and fire a ball right so that makes it harder for him to get down and block a ball in the dirt that pitcher's got to constantly be aware of what's going on at first now he can't focus on his pitch too much because he's got to constantly be looking over first base that second baseman that shortstop might be cheating a little bit right to get over to second base and cover and then all of a sudden now, if you're if you're the hitter, you're going well, well crap. He's going to throw me a fastball. Like I, I know that's good. the Chiefs are a lot like that offensively. They put so much pressure on the defense that any little mistake, any little, it, it, it's catastrophic. Like it's just it's so hard to deal with that pressure all the time. And with Hill, that throw was a prayer. But Mahomes saw him one on one and said, "Screw it, my guy's better than your guy. I'm going to throw it up." John Johnson had a hard time locating the ball and tracking it. Hill didn't, 75-yard touchdown, right? And I, and I get the people who look at that and go, well, it was lucky Mahomes threw it up in the air. But that's why like, they're just so incredibly difficult to deal with. Play in, play out. You know, that defensive facts, always looking over his shoulder, like a guy on first base. Like, well, where's Tyreek Hill? Where is he? Where's Travis Kelsey? Where's Mahomes? Right. What's good? After a while, man, that is, it's taxing. It's hard. And you're probably going to make a couple of mistakes. And Hill's speed and his acceleration in just a short amount of time is it's like a race car out there. You could it he's out there with some of the most talented and athletic people in the world, but when he gets the ball, he makes the rest of them look like they're running in quicksand. It's it's really amazing. Um, And I think you know you said like Bayless, of course, you know that the Chiefs got lucky, Mahomes got lucky. How many times have you heard people say that about Brady and the Patriots? Oh, they got lucky. They're so lucky. They're the luckiest team. It right. ain't luck. They're not lucky. It ain't luck. They're not lucky. Right? Everybody has a little bit of luck. Everybody has some bad things happen. When you're good, good things happen to you. It might seem like luck from the outside, but they're always putting themselves in position to have those, those friendly bounces. When you win all the time, you're not lucky. I mean, I'm not saying you never get lucky, but you're not lucky. Like What they, what they do is not a residue of, oh, they're just fortunate. They kick everybody's ass week in and week out because they're really damn good. Think yeah. about if you're a Browns fan looking at this game. You made some mistakes in the second half that I'm sure you're going to be kicking yourself. Ah, oh, geez, should have won that game. Should shouldn't have made those mistakes. But again, like because of how great the Chiefs are, you just have to be perfect. You have to be perfect to beat them. Even if you're like, I think Cleveland's a really, really good team. A really good team. Cleveland had to play perfect to beat a banged-up Chiefs team that did not play well. Like, that's where you are with the Chiefs. You know, and I I think, you know, Romo, I I believe, actually said, it might have been Nance, one of them said it during the game, that, well, the Chiefs are just, they're the new Patriots. And they are, in the sense that, you know, think about it. For the last 20 years, as a Chiefs fan, you always knew the AFC went through Foxborough, right? It just you were going to have to go in there as the late, great Therese Paler used to say, where the phones don't work. You're going to have to go up there and you're going to have to stare Belichick down and Brady and Gronk and Edelman, and you're going to have to beat that team. Now the AFC goes through Arrowhead Stadium and you are going to have to stare down all those guys and 80,000 fans and beat them. And it's extraordinarily difficult. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, absolutely incredible that they came back and won that game. I really thought that they were in in a pickle there. Um, 
We had a question about the defense I want to get to uh, from, from just a guy. He said uh, they need to have Chris Jones play defensive tackle against running teams. He's a liability. He is a liability in the run game. I guess right. he means at defensive end. He's a liability. Yes. Yeah. It's a DN. Yeah. It's all I read. Yeah. Yep. What do you think about that? You know, I appreciate the question. I think it's hard to say off of one game. Like, I really do. It, it's hard. Plus, their, their linebackers were bad in this game, man. Like, they, they were really bad. So, look, Jones has always been a guy who he's a penetrator, right? He gets upfield. He's disruptive. He, even as a D-tackle, there have been times teams have been able to run at him because he's just he's so fast up the field. And people say, well, he's going to freelance. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't care if freelance. Are you kidding me? I mean, you know you, you know who else used to freelance all the time? Lawrence Taylor. Like, it worked out okay. Right, like when you have that much talent, it doesn't matter if you freelance. That said, I think to answer your question though, just a guy, I think if Clark was on the field, I think they would have kicked him inside sometimes. But without Clark, they needed more DN snaps. So I think if you know if Clark's there, maybe they go. I think Dan is pretty good against the run, so maybe they go Clark, Dana, and then they slide Jones inside. Um, I could even see the Chiefs going with a bare front, which is just hat on a hat up front, five guys. Maybe they go Jones, Naughty, and, and Reed inside. It's a lot of beats, a thousand pounds of guys. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't panic about him in the run. Like the, to me, it's just so. And by the way, how did they let Melvin Ingram walk out of the building? My understanding is money, money. That's, I mean, now obviously Ingram ended up signing cheap. I don't know if that would have been the case at the time that he was in Kansas City. We had a question from uh, uh, Eric Peterson in the, in one of the chats. He said, uh, "Swinging a miss on Powell." Um, yeah, I don't. I, I don't know about that. I, maybe. I mean, we. I don't. It's just a. It's a tough. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe like what if if we don't think that the receiving, uh, you know, the receivers after after Kelsey and Hill are good enough, then maybe Powell should be on the roster. You know, he got beat up by a guy Fountain who wasn't even active today. Yeah, oh, it's hard to it's hard to believe. Um, I think my daughter's about to storm into the room, so apologies in advance. But um, live TV, yeah, yeah. But I think it, it is very, very hard, uh, you know, to believe Powell's going to become this big time guy, right? Um, I think it's I think it's going to be hard because Powell is, like you said, I mean, he's look, he's not even in the active roster. He's not the fifty three man behind all these guys. I really think Kansas City and Brett Veach, they've got to be looking for another option. I really do. Like, I don't think it's like, oh my God, they couldn't win the Super Bowl if they don't find another one, but they are running on a razor's edge if anything happens to Hill or Kelsey. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, let's remind everybody that you're listening to the Arrowhead Addict podcast. Um, you can find us on the iTunes store. We appreciate your reviews. And uh, you're going to be able to find us uh, pretty much every week here doing this live post-game show, which we're really excited about. Sterling Holmes, Matt Connor, they'll be joining us in future recordings. All right, let's talk about our players of the game. Let's let's pick a few winners here. Uh, I'll I'll kick us off. Uh, My first player of the game, it's got to be Juan Thornhill. He's in a tough spot. Honey Badger's out of the game, makes a couple of crucial plays, uh, the third down pass breakup. To get the, to get the Chiefs the ball back, just just uh, I think a really terrific game by him. See, you know it's funny. I actually thought Juan Thornhill was brutal until about the last twenty minutes of the game. I really did, man. Like, you know, they blew coverage uh, early on. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell in real time, right? Because you don't know if it's a corner who's supposed to trail with the guy or whatever. But look, 
he made some big plays late. There's no denying that. And he made a huge play forcing a, a fumble. Um, I already told you, I, I thought one of my, you know, earning arrowheads, it's got to be Nick Bolton. It's got like, I, and I understand there were a couple of times and people, well, he's out of his gap. I don't care. I don't care. He, he, along with Thornhill and Snead, had seven tackles. Okay. You want seven tackles from your linebackers, not so much from your corner and your safety. Um, I thought he was great. He had a tackle for loss. He was active as hell. Like, I loved it. I thought he played really, really well. Um, Thornhill, hey, listen, he made a couple of big plays late, not, not knocking the pick. I, early in the game, I thought he was, was not having a great one, but he came back strong. But my, my pick on the defensive side of the ball, I mean, Jones, listen, two sacks, two sacks, right? Man's on pace for 34. But um, <laughs> he'll get there. He'll get there. He'll get there. Maybe by week six. But I, I thought I thought Bolton for a, for a first game for a kid. I thought he did a hell of a job. I'll go ahead and take an easy one here. Got to give an arrowhead to Tyreek Hill. Just oh, yeah. absolutely incredible performance. He was targeted fifteen times, eleven receptions, one hundred ninety-seven yards. His long was 75. It wasn't just one of these performances where he had one big play. He was all over the place. Average 17.9 uh, yards per reception. Absolutely incredible. He's the difference in the game uh, for the Chiefs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think there's any question. I don't think there's any question. Tyreek Hill is the singular most difficult player to guard in the NFL. I, I mean, he, he's so fast. And he's so dynamic. I mean, how many times are there plays with Hill where he catches the ball and you're like, oh, I get eight yards. And he gets, you know, 17. Because it's just, yeah. he turns it up the sideline. I mean, that play, the second he caught that 75-yard pass, like the second the ball's in his hands, like, there's a touchdown. There's no way they're tackling him in the open field. None. No shot. Because nobody's catching him from behind. And one-on-one, good luck. I mean, he's just, he's gone. It's, it's six. Um, he's a ridiculously talented player. Yeah. And... Look, I think if I think if you are if you are the Chiefs, you know, you always know that if you need a play, you have two guys who one of them, if not both of them, are gonna be open. So Hill does that definitely deserves and of course I would also I mean Mahomes, right? I feel like that's just yep. an evergreen arrow earned his attic their earned his arrowhead, right? I mean, but it was ridiculous. Like the game, every time it felt like they'd get away from, you know, you throw a sidearm pass, you throw a moving against his body, chucks a you know. 75-yard bomb. It's just – and again with him, he doesn't make the big mistake. Like, that's the thing. As incredibly aggressive as he is – like, I, you know, we all grew up watching Brett Favre. People always love to compare him. He is not Brett Favre. Brett Favre would throw 20 picks a season. Easy. Mahomes doesn't do that, which is just crazy. Like, it, to be that aggressive and that ball security conscious is just mind-blowing, but he does it. Yeah, three touchdowns for Mahomes, average 9.4 yards per attempt, 337 yards, off to another great start okay. in September. Baker Mayfield, by the way, no touchdown passes, one interception, although he did average 11.5 yards per completion. That's pretty good. Uh, so good on Baker Mayfield. If you've got some players you'd like to give arrowheads to, let us know in the chat who your players of the game were. Uh, you know, as we sort of to wrap up this segment, I, we got to give one to Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns, yep. Yep. seven targets, six receptions, 76 yards. He's absolutely incredible. Steady bails Patrick Mahomes out all the time. Uh, not that he needs bailing out, but you get, you get my meaning there. He's just, he's always there when we need a big play and uh, he doesn't look like he's lost a step 
which is good news for the Chiefs as they try to win another Super Bowl. All right, let's let's start looking ahead because we got to wrap this up again. Sunday night football is kicked off. Yep. Um, looking ahead to next week, Chiefs probably going to get Matthew back, and he'll be hot. It's good that they took. It's good that they took care of him. It, we really would have liked to have him out there, but COVID's no joke. You know, and, 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 and it was hot and all that stuff, and you don't want anything bad to happen. Um, so they'll, they'll have Matthew back. They'll probably have Frank Clark back, you would imagine. Sure. Do, you think Brett, do you think Brett Veach makes any moves this week? You're talking about Cooks. He probably waits a couple of weeks, sees how things go. And how worried are you about the Baltimore Ravens in defending Lamar Jackson, even though they don't have any running backs left after – well, this performance by the defense. This is where it's different with Baltimore, though. Like, they don't throw the ball well. Like, Cleveland can throw the ball. Cleveland's line is also much better. Right? Baltimore has some good players. Stanley's a, a ridiculously great player up front, and, and they added Kevin Zeitler, who's a very good player. But they're not. They're not Baltimore, or they're not Cleveland's line. Um, Jackson is yes, he's a dangerous. Which, by the way, my guy. If they play Ben Neiman against Lamar Jackson, that's it. That's it. You're going to find else to host this thing. Like, I'm going to lose my mind. Put Nick Bolton in that game. I don't care. He can run. Um, I think that was different, right? Uh, I, I think it's harder when, you know, with Cleveland, because you have to respect the fact they might throw the ball. With Baltimore, yeah, I get it. They might hit you over the top once in a blue moon with a guy like Hollywood Brown or Sammy Watkins, but you're begging them to throw the football. You're not. And by the way, I think Matthew being back in that game is huge because he can take Mark Andrews, and he's the primary weapon in their, their passing attack. That is, They need him back for that game need him back for that game. Um, I will say this. I think Baltimore losing Marcus Peters for the year with the torn ACL is a devastating loss. Really Not is. just because he's a great player, but because of how they play. They blitz more than anyone in the NFL. They have over the last couple of years with, with Wink Martindale as their coordinator. They do it because they have Peters and Humphrey on the back end, and they can single guys up one-on-one. If they still blitz, and I think they're going to have to. They lost Judon. They added they added Justin Houston. But they're going to need to blitz to get pressure. I think more often than not, if they blitz Kansas City with that with that secondary, the Chiefs are going to eat them alive. And I, I think I think Kansas City's in good shape. I do. I think that game is an easier matchup for the Chiefs in, rather than Cleveland. Cleveland's better in the trenches. Cleveland's a more physical team. Baltimore's good. The Chiefs could lose, but I think it's. I think the Chiefs would, would prefer that ma- that matchup to Cleveland's matchup. All right. The last question I want to ask you, and thank you everybody who who came to check out the show tonight. I know we were supposed to be live on the Arrowhead Attic channel. We had a little bit of a technical thing, as can happen the first time you do something. No big deal. We should be up and running over there. But thanks for joining us over on the on the fan sided channel or wherever you're watching us, Twitter and, and all those places, Facebook. Yes. Um, the last question I want to ask you before we go. You know, you predicted that the Chiefs would go 15 and two. I did. Um, I predicted, I think, that they would go 14 and three. D- did what you saw in this game change your outlook or opinion of this team for the season? No, no, not at all. I, they didn't play well by their standards. They were missing two of their best players, and it meant nothing. They still won the game. Um, you know, I think like anything you have to – I always take week one too, man, and I always just say, look, you got to just take it for what it is. Week one is weird. You always see weird results around the league. Like I look back at the, my picks every year, and every year week one I'm like seven and nine every year. <laughs> and every other week I at least get like 11 to 12 games right. It's just a weird – 
You don't know what to expect. Teams have different plays. They worked on different. So plus, like Cleveland prepared for Kansas City for months. For months. Like you, you, it, It's different than, oh, hey, you know, you're going to get the Ravens on a short week because you got to play Monday Night Football. Like it's different. So I don't, I don't take a lot out of there that they didn't get hurt. They won the game. They should be healthier next week. They're playing a banged up team. And by the way, like let's just say, let's say you're right. And they go 14 and three. Here's why this game's critical to their importance going forward. If that's the case, the Chiefs literally need the only way Cleveland could catch them is to lose one game the rest of the year. Like, think about yeah. that. I mean, and if I'm right and they go 15 and two, the Browns have to run the table. Yeah. But that's insane. That's but that's this how is a big one. Getting big, that big win, win, beating look, beating Buffalo, those games are huge. It's just it it makes if if you're subscribing to hey the Chiefs are going to win 14 games this year, if they beat Buffalo, okay, who lost today by the way to Pittsburgh in what was just a rancid offensive showing by both teams, if that happens, like Buffalo's got to run the table, they have to run the table right. to tie Kansas City or to beat out Kansas City because a tie would do them no good. The Chiefs win this game. They walk out healthy. They put themselves in very good position. Very good position. It's a long season, y'all. Sure even is. longer than ever before. And I, you know, I just caution everybody: take a deep breath. The defense looked awful, and I know I made a, a, an allusion to to them feeling it feeling like the defense that we had under Dick Vermeil. Uh, look, there is way more talent on this defense yes. than the defense we had under Dick Vermeil. Way more. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know if anybody on that defense could even start for this defense, to be honest with you. Um, I might be forgetting a couple of guys, but listen, Seriously, not many it's yeah, it, it's a long season and there's uh, it's a, it's a chess match. This is the NFL and the Browns came in and they wanted this man. And that I, I don't, they threw everything at the chiefs and the chiefs were able to stand up in the second half and withstand it. This, this, this defense today and the defense that we're going to see in October, probably not going to be the same as far as how they're playing. I'll, I'll polish it off with this, from my, at least from my perspective. I would not worry about any, like anything you're worried Like, oh, man, the defense, it's one game. And by the way, it was really one half. Like, it wasn't like they were great the second half, but if they play like that every, every snap, like if the, if the second half is what they typically do, they're going to win every game they play. Like, they're okay. I get yeah. it. They were awful. Believe me, I was I was annoyed. It was it was frustrating. If they play like the second half, like they're fine. I mean, Cleveland's probably the best rushing team in football. They have the best line in football. I'm not exonerating. The Chiefs played a crap defensively for a lot of this game, but I would not. Now, look, you get you get through the first like half of the year, and the Chiefs are garbage defensively. Call me, okay? But I wouldn't. Just like by the way, I just mentioned it. Buffalo is terrible offensively. You go watch that game. Terrible. But Buffalo faced one of the best defenses in football. I do not think Buffalo is going to be a terrible offensive team. I, I don't think that they played they they played poorly. But I, I I would not I would not go nuts about that. I really wouldn't. They won the game and they're healthy. They're one and zero. They beat Cleveland. It's a great win. Like you're the Chiefs. What do you care? You go back. You work on some things. You move on. That's right. And we will see the Chiefs again on Sunday Night Football when they go to take it. They're in Baltimore, right? Yes, in Baltimore Sunday night. Yeah, on the on the road in Baltimore Sunday night football. We will be here again after that game 
So make sure you're checking out the Arrowhead Addict YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash Arrowhead Addict podcast. Make sure you subscribe. And if you're not into the whole video thing, hey, I wouldn't want to look at these two faces either if I were you. Then head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our, our podcast there. And then you can just listen to us, which is at least maybe just a little bit better than watching the video stream. Everybody in the chat that asked questions, thank you so much. I know we didn't get to them all. This is our first time doing this, so we're going to get better at this. We're going to get more into a rhythm and and, and and get better with that. So appreciate you more than you know. Um, and and if, you're, uh, if you're so inclined, subscribe to our channel and leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show, and it helps us keep doing awesome things like this to bring you more great cheese content. And for the rest of the week, you should be at arrowheadaddict.com where Matt Connor, who is a full-time fan side and employee, by the way, congratulations, Matt, a well-earned yep. promotion, um, is, is, is over there and he's covering things like a blanket. He's going to have all of the news for you. So make sure you're reading Arrowhead Attic every day. We'll be back later this week. Be on the lookout for Matt and Sterling's episode. My name is Patrick Allen. For Matt Verderam, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And as always, go Chiefs. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.